0: It's a good day to die Because I want to die After watching Flatliners It's another All the horror collaboration For 2020 It's a, Flatliners is in the basket The writer's bagel basket Death. Now it's real
1: Start filming Let me defib him He's dead isn't that enough Let me try and bring him back Just watch the door Excuse me I don't want to ruin anybody's evening, but are we in the room of the dead man? Oh my God. One minute to go. Start filming.
0: Tear me apart, Lisa! Snap out of it!
1: You owe me 15 grand, pal.
0: I love you!
1: That's all I needed to hear.
2: I'm so excited! I'm so (laughs) scared!
0: Don't be mean don't have to be me. because, remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Redger's Bagel Basket. I am Scott Kerland, and we are back with all the horror for 2020. Um, mm-hmm. They asked me back again. I said yes, and I actually said, are you sure? <laughs> and they said yes, and I said, are you really sure? <laughs> And uh we're back in. So my guest this week is Tony and Ryan from Flix X raid. Hey.
1: Hola.
0: Hey, thanks for doing this, guys. Thanks for putting this one forward. Uh well, well it I, was I a mutual I, agreement, let's face it. 'Cause I I came at you with like four other movies before this one and I picked you this did one mo- yeah you, you <laughs> I, I would have been happy with anything other than like the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street and the original Nightmare on Elm Street. So this, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, uh, which one of you guys would like to do our blockbuster rule? So we had to create this rule because of my dad. Okay. Um, he, he gave a synopsis for a movie that should have been like a quick, Sentence or paragraph. Just to explain what the movie is, and he spent ninety minutes talking about the long kiss good night. So, um, we created this rule. It's called the Blockbuster Rule, aka the John Curland Rule. You're in a Blockbuster video. You're walking through the aisle. You see flatliners. What does the back of the box say to try and get you to rent it? You can make it up, or you can go with what you actually think the box <laughs> said.
1: Ooh,
2: uh, Ryan, you're better on the fly with this kind of stuff than I am.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, I can do this. A group of med students decide to uh, get famous or experiment with the afterlife and prove that it either exists or doesn't exist with complicated results.
0: That was perfect. I think that has been the most perfect that we've had since the very beginning of this rule. That's up there with our Willy Wonka uh uh chocolate profiteer tries to kill children to uh run his doom factory <laughs> <laughs> So uh do you guys remember this movie at all? Because growing up like I totally thought this was like a different movie than what I
1: watched. So I remember this, the first one, I've i I'd only actually recently watched the second one as of yesterday, but the <laughs> first one I remember because I actually enjoyed this movie uh, when I was younger, and when I say younger, as in like late teens, uh, I re- so I remembered a fair amount of it. I don't remember, I didn't remember specifics, but I think I actually remembered it better than it actually was, if that's something
0: <laughs> Yeah, I totally thought that this was, like, way different than than what I ended up watching yesterday. I made the mistake of watching these back-to-back. Oh, and the, same.
1: And oh, the, see, I took a break in between by about five or six hours, because I'm like, man, they cover some rough stuff. All in all, I just, ooh, back-to-back. You
2: know, rock. it's funny, because I know, I remember I definitely rented this at one point from a video store, like, way back when. And... But like for the life of me when I was booting it up and uh, p- and watching with my wife I'm like wait this person's in it wait this person's in it did I actually watch this film like I had a moment where I was like I definitely remember I think not, I remember renting it I remember putting it on I don't remember a thing about this film
0: I totally thought that there was a second female lead in this movie like
1: same like oh, same I- as well
0: uh, is it is this like a Mandela effect? Like, we all thought that, like, Kim Basinger was in this film also? Is, is yeah. That per- is that I, the person I, we all thought? I'm pretty sure. No. I
2: I remember it being another brunette. So I'm not quite oh. sure if it was Kim Basinger because I was way too young when I probably watched this the first time. But, like, you know, it's definitely one of those things where I'm like, I definitely remember there being someone, another female who had a much stronger part.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, watching this again, watching, looking at um, Julia Roberts and going, I th- "Wasn't there two that looked very similar?" Because she actually reminded me of somebody else. I can't put uh, the name to it right now. Oh, Sigourney. We- no, actually, Sigourney Weaver. I think it was <laughs> for some S- reason.
0: Sigourney Weaver would have been their professor.
1: <laughs> yeah, too fair. Or, or it was either that or Gina Davis. Okay, I can
0: see uh, Gina Davis. She's around that age.
1: Yeah, and just kind of the the facial structure and 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 that kind of stuff. But it was one of those ones where I'm like, wasn't there two Why I want to say it was yeah, and I thought either Sigourney Weaver, or Gina Davis was in it for some reason anyways. Who it was I thought odd.
0: who I thought it was, I thought it was Kira Sedgwick, not Kim Basinger, cuz I thought that her and Julia Roberts were like sisters, and then I'm like, "Oh, I'm thinking of uh that movie something to talk about." <laughs> You we know have, what? We the all...
2: sisters' dynamic—that would have been interesting.
0: Well, <laughs> that would that would have been great. Yeah, the movie where they uh, flatline and then Dennis Quaid is cheating on one of them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I could see that being a whole subplot because it's like, if you look at this film, Kiefer Sutherland's character and Kevin Bacon's character obviously have a thing for Julia Roberts' character, right? So it's like, why wouldn't why wouldn't we make? Uh, and this is just me, because. Uh, uh, there's that one character, Randy, who doesn't actually go in. We could have easily made that a sister,
0: right? Sorry. And kept her name Randy.
1: Yeah, and kept yep. her name Randy. Or we have like the prestige issue where they're twins, and one or, goes or under or and one doesn't,
0: and then we can still get Dennis Quaid in there. Yep. <laughs> so, so the the craziest thing with watching this movie is that like, why in the eighties and nineties? Was, like, opening a movie with statues, like, supposed to add some sort of, like, prestige or, like, dark tone to a movie?
2: Yeah, that's definitely something they've gotten away from now. I'm pretty sure they do, still do that.
0: <laughs> like, I think the last movie that did that was uh, Francis Ford Coppola's um, The Rainmaker.
1: <laughs> oh, I was going to say End of Days. Doesn't End of Days or Stigmata do that?
0: Uh, end of Days. Stigmata, I just remember the Bathtub scene. That's all I remember.
1: <laughs> oh, the the beginning of that one is actually in a third world country, if I recall. Uh, the, um, but yeah, no, there was definitely. And but this happens with like you look through every genre or era of every movie. They're like, well, this is popular. We're gonna like look at remember disaster movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Right. Remember
0: them. We're living them.
1: Uh, Touche. Yeah,
0: we're we're in Steven Soderbergh's Contagion right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which, by the it? way,
2: when this whole thing uh, started, like, I mean, COVID, me and uh, my wife, we decided, hey, we're going to watch Contagion and That's Outbreak. That's the
0: worst idea you could possibly
2: do. Or you could watch The Happening. Watch that one, too. We watched like, And be like, of, like, oh, it's the trees.
1: It's the trees. Burn them all down. And then California lights on fire, and we're like, didn't fix it. I just
0: remember in Contagion that um, – Larry Fishburne just goes, do you know the origin of the handshake? I just wanted that kid to be like, fuck you. (laughs) Wait, wait,
2: did you say Larry Fishburne? Do you mean Lawrence
0: Fishburne? Yes, but if you look at his... Are you on a first name basis with Lawrence Fishburne? If you look at his Apocalypse Now credits and his Cowboy Curtis credits, it says Larry
1: Fishburne. (laughs) I I think that's actually... I heard a rumor that that was his legal name, but he goes by Lawrence.
2: No, the reason he did that was because of the fact that when he was on... Um, Apocalypse Now, he actually lied about his age because he was 14. Oh, that's the history on that one. So, when he gave the name Larry Fishburne, it was harder to kind of track that down.
1: Fair enough, that makes more sense.
0: Well, me and Larry go way back. <laughs> 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 there, there's I a little bit of trivia fill.
2: for you on that one.
0: Um, also, in the beginning of the movie, when Keeper is just like, uh, he looks like he just got fired from Wings of Desire. He's, like, standing so smugly on the bridge, and he goes, today is a good day to die. Oh, fuck you, Joel Schumacher. May <laughs> hey, you rest in peace.
1: Yeah. It, it was definitely... And that's the thing with this movie versus the, the, the second movie is... I, there's... I think if you were to take the best parts of the first movie and the best parts of... The second movie you could make a really 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 good interesting movie but like the first one it's like i like kevin bacon's characters because he literally well it's not that he didn't you know he got out he got kicked out of school uh for four months so he wasn't really kicked out of school but like when he
0: he he got kicked out of school for saving someone's life
1: yeah well i also like
2: that he decides to leave school by propelling repelling himself out a fucking window yeah. Not like he couldn't have just walked out the front door. He put on a full goddamn
0: harness and repels out of a fucking window for dramatic sake. Yep. I would have just loved to see like the super or the landlord be like, Hey, we have stairs. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. The Dean standing, what the fuck are you doing?
0: <laughs> okay, no what it's six months now.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. The
0: best part is
2: if you look in that scene, the door is like just like twenty feet away.
1: Yeah, he's only like two stories too. So it's it's not like like you had to go. But it was one of those ones where like, because in theory, he's the character who has nothing to lose. So when Kiefer actually decides to go under, it's like, okay, he's going to kill him. And that makes sense. Whereas in the second one, watching it and I'm like, are these are just random people in the same class? Like at least in the first one, the group knew each other to, you know, like, it seems like they knew each other. Do we want to
0: save the second one for uh, Flex? For yeah, we could, either way
1: i i kind of agree
2: with ryan and we can save it for mine um but it's like i felt like with and to bring it back to fly it's not even bringing this the remake but i feel like with the first one uh there was a lot of story elements that were missing for the runtime that it was i felt like it was very very dry and haphazardly scripted
0: i noticed that with like a lot of like late 80s early 90s joel schumacher movies um like lost boys watching lost boys again like he doesn't explain the the vampire, like, logic until maybe 55 minutes into the movie. <laughs>
1: oh, man. It's been so many years since I've seen The Lost Boys.
0: Like, like he, he doesn't explain the fact that, oh, yeah, they can actually have real food. Or they they actually, you know, you have to bite another vampire or drink their blood in order for you to become, like, a douchebag vampire. <laughs>
2: Or just become a douchebag, like Kiefer.
0: Yeah. Kiefer Sutherland's character... So, Joel wanted Kiefer to play the Kevin Bacon role and wanted Val Kilmer to play the Kiefer role. And the studio was like, no. (laughs) They're like, Val Kilmer's the nice guy, and Val Kilmer's like, don't worry, I'm not doing the movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I would say the casting in the first one, other than there only being one female really ever um I thought the casting worked for that time like Oliver um Oliver Platt
0: yeah I I have in here that uh seven uh wait there's five of them right so four times I have Kevin Bacon is too good for this movie Kiefer Sutherland's too good for this movie Oliver Platt is way too good for this movie Billy Baldwin makes sense
1: (laughs) It, it, yeah exactly and Billy Baldwin's actually character seems the w- weirdest also staring at him with that hair that short hair I'm like is that Alec Baldwin? That Billy, right?
0: Billy Baldwin is the Kirkland Costco brand of the Baldwins
1: yeah like, <laughs> we we couldn't afford Alec Baldwin get somebody who looks close enough and make him a douche
0: uh, like th- this entire movie Billy Baldwin is playing Patrick Bateman from American Psycho like before from, from, American Psycho, well, the book came out at this point.
2: Oh, all right, fair enough, touche.
0: <laughs> but Billy Baldwin, like when he's <sighs> Billy Baldwin tapes women having sex with him. Ugh! But oh, yeah. when when he's looking at the camera, if you look at the angle, you you only see him. So it's not more of it. It, it seems less of like. Filming the women. I think he just likes seeing himself naked on camera. So why did he just degrade likes his own his... ass? Yeah, like like, oh man, why didn't he just film like twenty tapes of him and his ass? Because well, like even that... then, the
2: dude apparently likes the same spot from and missionary position.
1: Yeah. Like it it's definitely like a hedonism thing from him watching if you watch like it's like what do you and don't get me wrong like that was creepy on a extended level but like and also like his he didn't even get punished for it arguably right his
0: fiance left him and her family's rich so you gotta assume that she's gonna tell high society so
1: i would hope so and like but all the other women don't find out
2: I kind of you know what this is gonna sound really weird but it's like one of those things where it's like i like the way the fiance left him and what she said oh like yeah that moment was so good because it's like she's like i'm not even mad that you cheated i'm mad at the lack of respect you have for women
1: yeah no that was that was really good but like like her her position actually, was her great and actually um it was it was like Actually, there's I guess there's the second female in in the entire movie. Barely,
0: um, hers is a cameo. Like I, it, I have in my notes that Hope Davis probably filmed her cameo for Home Alone as the French flight attendant the same day she filmed her cameo for this yeah, movie.
1: Yeah, but like it was one of those ones where yeah, she stuck it to him. But like that was all his punishment. And whereas like I like the setup in 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 this Flatliners because so Kiefer goes under. And then he doesn't tell any, he obviously he can't convey what's happening. Then he gets the shit beat out of him and he's not sure who it is, but like it, it was oh, one of those. I,
0: I, I believe a hundred percent that he knew who it was from the very beginning.
1: So, but he, he with, he withheld that information uh, right away. Whereas I think in the, and this is more in the reference of the second one is, is like the consequences of their going under, it was not relevant for until like two plus had gone under, you know, like it was very, very um, obvious right up from the front that yo, your past sins are coming back and they are going to fuck you up. Sorry. I can swear on this one, right? Oh yeah. Absolutely. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I should have asked first, but it was like, he's like, holy shit. He's getting like beat, beat up by this little kid because of his, you know, his past sins. Like he drew them back. And then he withheld that information and he's like, yeah, you guys go. Because he doesn't know what their sins are, but like, I don't know how, you know, they could be worse. You know, the skeletons, nobody was at the time, but it was just one of those things where it's like, like they got all pissed at him because he withheld that information and let them go under. Like Kiefer was definitely one of the Biggest dicks in that entire scenario. Well, I, I think feel... it's
2: also a level of arrogance too with that because oh, totally. he probably thinks to himself, no one could have the sin level I do, so everyone else should be fine.
0: Yeah. Potentially, yeah. Uh, well, Kevin Bacon's was like kind of the blandest, where Julia Roberts, when you realize it, she was watching her father do heroin. And I literally have in my notes just heroin in giant cap letters <laughs> and nothing else. You
2: know, I kind of love and hate how hers resolved. I don't know if you want to start talking about the resolutions of these things. We go
0: back and forth throughout the entire movie, so it doesn't matter. No,
2: no. Like, I just want to, like, point out, it's just, like, first off, I'm really pissed that for something that's considered, like, a horror thriller no one fucking dies, there are no consequences on, like, that big scale, right? Like, we're talking about sins, and, like, not a single one of them perma-dies, what
0: if the good people died and we just didn't see it? Like, as Hope Davis is leaving Billy Baldwin's apartment, she's so upset she walks across the street and gets hit by a truck. You know what? I would be perfectly
2: cool with that, like, adding that to the story that, like, they are causing other deaths by doing this, right? Like, well,
1: yeah, or, yeah, they're, they're fucking something else up. Like, honestly, I expected, and I think it would have been better if Kiefer Sutherland, instead of going back under, he had died once he told them what was happening and then like, cause he still got attacked in the, uh, in the truck. Right. Like imagine if uh, Kevin Bacon gets back from talking to uh, his, his sin and right and ap- in the truck and apologizing and he gets back there and he sees Kiefer just dead with like a, a, I think that was a claw hammer stuck in him. And it's like, Oh shit. He didn't get to re- resolve it in time. And it was, and Kevin Bacon's was he kind of got off extremely easy too. It was mundane. But like the conversation that she had, I kind of liked it because she's like I don't want to bring this back up. Like I've moved on. Like you're doing this for you, not for me. Also, her 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 mom blamed her, blamed
0: Julia Roberts for something that wasn't her fault. First yeah. off, she was 6 years old. She had no idea that her dad saw some shit in Vietnam, because that's what it was. Like, he came back all deer hunter-style messed up, and, and like, he just started, you know, riding the H train. And oh,
1: yeah, and I don't—and that was the weird thing, too, is, is like, with hers, it was like she—he went out, he was high, and killed himself. Like, she's six, what did—
2: You guys obviously have never dealt with families of addiction.
1: Oh, well— that is yeah, pretty no, normal. I understand that part. Like, I understand the guilt, but it's also one of those things where it's like, of like, if you look at Kiefer Sutherland's, like, they were intending to hurt that kid, and then it resulted in their de- in his death, right? And like, the poor dog. And the yeah. dog, yes.
0: Poor champ,
1: who didn't um, even
2: the dog didn't die. The dog had its back broken. Yeah, he's like lying on the ground going. And I was like, "This is the most heartbreaking moment of this entire fucking movie." My my wife just stood up and she's like, "I didn't
0: sign up for this."
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like, like, and Billy Baldwin's character, he was he was a complete dick um, by filming himself, uh, arguably (laughs) without the consent of women. But uh, Julia Roberts' character—you don't need
2: to argue that. It's like a hard like
1: like
0: this day and age. Billy Baldwin is the worst offender of them all. (laughs) Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, like like f- filming and and exploiting people sexually is way above you know throwing rocks at a kid in a tree.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that kid dying. Like I'm sorry, it's like you you accidentally killed a kid because you were an asshole versus you knowingly film these women without their consent.
1: Yeah, no, there's no. a very and, big difference. And he had a fucking like, well, he and it's and the films were trophies, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you know who he
0: is? He's literally Dennis from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia.
2: Yes. Yes, he is.
0: I I 100% believe that's where Glenn Howerton and, and the boys from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia got that from.
2: Built the character off of this character?
0: The whole just filming conquests. Which is just
2: super gross in, in like, so many ways. I, I don't know. It's like, of all of the things, I'm most upset by that one.
0: It, yeah, absolutely. Um, I will say that Oliver Platt had the, the best line when he goes, It's a good thing I didn't go under because I would have to face my 300-pound babysitter for stealing her pastrami sandwich.
2: <laughs> That's a weird thing that he holds a lot of guilt for.
1: <laughs> it, you know what? It was, given Oliver Platt's character, it, you know what... This one reminded me very much of the Three Musketeers with Kiefer Sutherland and Oliver Platt, and it's almost like he's playing the same character.
0: This is how he got Three Musketeers is because Kiefer liked working with him so much.
1: Oh really? Oh, yeah. this was before. Wow.
0: Yeah, Three Musketeers was ninety three, and, this and is ninety. This was ninety. So. I also constantly think about The Three Musketeers on a daily basis because that's a Disney movie, and the three leads, Oliver Platt, Keither Sutherland, and Charlie Sheen, are all drug addicts, alcoholics, and horror mongers. So yep. the booze, cocaine, and hooker bill for th- a Disney movie <laughs> oh. must have been extraordinarily huge.
1: Yeah. You know and I, I like that film. I don't know why it's one of the. It was probably the best of the Three Musketeers renditions yeah, live I action. Yeah, I truly believe
0: seen. it's the best Three Musketeers movie.
1: Um, but I also it's got Tim Curry in it and Rebecca De Mornay, and they have amazing roles in that too. But that's a, that's a Rebecca De Mornay.
0: That's who I was thinking of who should have been playing Julia Roberts' role because Julia Roberts is like not, a wet fish. Yeah. I was about to say a wet fart, but um <laughs> but like so she was engaged to Keith or Sutherland at this time. They have the chemistry of siblings, like Oh, yeah. Like they could have been cousins up there. I don't I didn't believe their love story, I didn't believe their attraction. I believed Kevin Bacon having more chemistry and attraction to Keith or Sutherland <laughs> than <laughs> Julia Roberts.
2: I believe Kevin Bacon having more attraction to every other character in this movie yep. than between Keith and Julia.
1: Yeah, I would, you know what, if it if the movie revolved about them being siblings, I would 100% believe it.
2: I almost feel like that might have been a better, like, you know, story element. Don't have them be lovers, have them be like, or ex-lovers, or not, like, he's obviously pining for her. I don't know, that was so fucking weird. Yeah, but have I, I always like, got siblings or something.
1: Yeah, it almost seemed like every time he would go, out, like Kevin Bacon and and Kiefer would go after each other about Julia Roberts, it was like he's like protecting her, not he's like, no, I'm fucking with her. I'm, you know, screw off. It's more like the brotherly or the good friend, you know, the friend who's like, no, you're, she's too good for you. Fuck off, um, kind of thing. Not that he wanted her.
0: And then Kevin Bacon did want her, and it was weird.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, um, I don't
0: want her. Just kidding. Also, weird weird research that I found in, in researching this movie. Kevin Bacon wasn't allowed to cut his hair, so Schumacher didn't want him to have long hair because Keith or, Kiefer kind of had that same hairstyle. So he's like, Kevin, you have to cut your hair. And Universal came in and they're like, he's filming Tremors, he is not cutting his hair.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Cause Actually, I could already... even see Kev-
2: uh, Kevin Bacon and Kiefer being brothers. Would be like I just feel like this movie was lacking character dynamics.
0: Yeah, what I would have loved is that every time the um the ghosts of their past like comes back, they just age a little bit. So, so by the end of the movie, Keith Kiefer has been replaced by Donald Sutherland, and the rest oh.
1: of. That would have been so good. Or if it was Donald Sutherland coming after him. <laughs>
0: you stole my Simply Orange. Yep. <laughs> uh, did you guys notice who shot this movie? No. No. Jan de Bont, director of films like Twister and Speed. <laughs> it's less bad. Yeah. So, but his cinematography is so claustrophobic for me. Like the entire movie I was like Ugh, just can you pull out a little bit? Just a little bit. Well, no. I think
2: this movie also had that problem with like that the same thing with nineties movies had when they're trying to be dark and gritty, it's almost illegible what's going on.
0: Uh, I agree a hundred percent.
2: You know, like the the amount of times where I was watching, and I was just like, uh, and they're in that weird room where they're doing surgery, and there's all the paintings on the wall, which I'm like, what the fuck is this about? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, this does not seem sanitary. (laughs) Um, You're you're y'all doctors, right? Like, well, to be fair, those were cadavers. All right, but that still doesn't make it any better. No, you know, but like they're not worried about patients. Yeah, even with cadavers, there's still like blood and gore and crap that'll come out um but it's just like you know what the fuck kind of ho- school is this we're gonna put you in a really well artistic room and it took me watching a couple times to realize what like i was like why what
0: is with this room where yeah, are they it didn't feel like a hospital it felt like an orphanage <laughs> well so
1: i was wa- when i was watching it i'm like so did somebody say yo they found asbestos in the school are all our classes are taking place, place in the church across door. the street." Right, Because or- that, the, the, that's where they were doing their, their flatlining was in a church that was doing restora- uh, restoration, right? It was closed for restoration.
0: Also, if you knew that 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 building leaked and there were leaks right near the electrical box, you're going to cover up the electrical box. I don't care if you don't know anything about, you know, safety or how electricity works, you would know that instinctively yeah, <laughs> nah, motherfucker water, I'm, I'm sorry man.
2: like you you say that and it's like it's there's not no reason they wouldn't have because my wife is currently pre-med and the amount of goddamn science classes she has to take they fucking know how electricity works
1: yeah well especially if you're using a defib right
2: like they 100% yeah. understand like the principles <laughs> like, of electricity yo, you have
1: to clear and don't touch this thing we've got high voltage oh it's there's a and like they know the reason they say clear is so nobody's fucking touching the cart Because it's made of metal, and they will get zapped, potentially, and fucking stop their heart. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, no, don't touch this thing when we kill you with a defib. Oh, but that big electrical box that it's raining on? Yeah, now that'll be fine.
0: So, Vanity
1: Fair or GQ
0: have, like, a real doctor watch medical stuff, and they showed them bringing someone back to life from Flatliners, and the first thing the doctor said is, you need to put petroleum jelly on those paddles.
2: Well, yep. and they should have even removed Julia Roberts' bra. That thing has a metal wire in it.
1: Oh, yeah. that's And, that yeah, that was the thing I was watching. I'm like, I understand why they didn't, but it was like, yo, even if you're using an AED, which wasn't invented at the time, it's like, you have to move that because that's where the arc is going to go.
2: Yeah, that's why it's like most of those uh, kits actually have a pair of scissors in them.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um,
0: also, if these people were dead for even more than 30 seconds, wouldn't they have all shat their pants? <laughs> Hundred percent. Yeah, like like they don't even address
1: that. So
2: maybe they were wearing depends, Ryan.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If anything, they would have farted. They released all the gas.
0: (laughs) But uh, that could have been fixed with a line of dialogue. Just so you know, we're gonna die. We could like the movie Pop Star with Andy Samberg where Bill Hader's cameo in the movie is a guy who loves flatlining because of the movie Flatliners. He literally says the line, did I shit myself?
2: <laughs> Probably because he's had it happen before.
0: <laughs> Although, I- uh, back to the uh, the EKG
2: thing, uh, one of the things that I... Or not EKG, but like them actually using the defibrillator. One of the things that I actually really like is when they're arguing over uh, doing it the first time on Kiefer... And then, like, they're trying to literally stop Kevin Bacon from like using the charge, or was it Kevin Bacon, or who was it?
1: Yeah, Kevin. uh, Well, Billy Baldwin was gonna inject him with something because he had nothing to lose.
2: Yeah, and then we see uh, Billy Baldwin like actually like going to stop, and then he says clear, and he like jumps back really rapidly, and I kind of like that. It's a weird little moment, but I was like, yes, yes.
1: Well, also like every time. So, has anybody? I know Tony has. Have you done uh, first aid at all? Uh, like uh, yes. taking a course? Yep. Because like you look at those chest compressions, and obviously they can't do it because it's a movie. Like you're going to tr- crush their chest cavity doing ch- chest compressions, right? It, like you're you're gonna re- if you don't break a rib, the, you're not doing it right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like you're literally pushing the chest. The uh, what is it? The xiphoid, that little bone right on the end of your yeah. uh, rib cage. Basically, you are ha- that's going to probably shatter, and you are pushing so hard that you're pushing the bone against the heart to cause rhythm. And now you know it's one of those movie things where they can't do it. It's so I'm like, if you if they did chest compressions to bring you back, you were fucking like down for days, of just being so sore, if, and because they br- would have broken bones.
0: Well, that's what I, okay, so the only compliment that I'll give for the new Flatliners is when Kiersey Clemens is doing the chest compressions, and uh, what's his name from Rogue One goes, no, you're not strong enough. Uh, you need someone to really break his chest, uh, break her chest. So he has uh, the other guy do it. Like, the, the- yeah i was gonna say uh,
2: like that moment in the new one i was like yes
0: that was such a good moment yep. so like that's the only credit i will be giving on either this podcast or on your podcast for that movie <laughs> um but yeah um i'm convinced that Kiefer sutherland's afterlife is just stand by me <laughs> 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 like like it would have been great if, as soon as he dies, you just hear Richard Drivers' voice be like, "I'll never forget the time we killed that kid in the tree."
2: <laughs> I don't know who the rest of the gang is. <laughs> uh, I actually think what's interesting um, about his afterlife too. I know we see the dog, uh, bless its little heart, get its back broken, and the scene. Stop talking will- about that. <laughs> No, no, I'm bringing it back to that because I want to point out about how, like, how bad I felt for the dog that had to pretend its legs were broken (laughs) and crawl along the ground. Um, But also, we see that scene of the dog crawling and it's got a diaper on, which means that that dog survived.
0: Oh, God. Tony, please stop talking about this. (laughs) I, I
2: just want to point that out. Like, that one little moment, I was just like, and then when we later find out about the dog, I'm like, the dog didn't die; it just had its back broken.
0: Oh fuck! That's worse. That shows what a fucking piece of shit Kiefer Sutherland was, even as a kid. <laughs> also, just we never find out, out his. We never find out if Nelson is his first name or his last name. Uh, I thought it was his
2: uh, first name.
1: Uh, I think officially in the credits is his first name, but I like to think of it like Cher, Madonna, Beyonce. Don't Just
2: early Nelson. on, someone else, someone else addresses him as, like, Mr. Wright or something like that?
0: Or Dr. Wright? Oh, I, I, thought, d- I thought they were being condescending. Yeah, I know, because his last name's Wright. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> I kind of wished, and so, spoiler for the second one, I kind of wished it was the same character in the second movie. Yeah. And he, like, had an, like... Part of it was he found out what they're doing. Is like, no, you fuckers, this is
0: bad. <laughs> I you don't don't know why. We're done. Or he goes, my turn.
1: Yeah, yeah. Fuck it, I'll show you how it's done.
0: <laughs> you kids, you don't know shit. He's like, I've been
2: doing this for years. Why do you think my hair is this white? Bam.
1: <laughs> or, or what it is is he's fucking. He's actually as soon as they start doing it, his past actually comes back and starts kicking the shit out of him again, and that's how he knows they're doing it. <laughs>
0: Ah, oh, damn! Not again. Open um, the
1: door. <laughs>
0: I would have loved for for in Billy Baldwin's afterlife, it's just the Baldwin family Thanksgiving dinner, but he's always stuck at the kids' table.
1: <laughs> and all his tapes are actually just playing on the on the on the mo- on the t- any TVs that are there. <laughs> that
0: that was that was so weird. Um, yeah, that. Just anywhere he went, he'd be watching it. And at first, when he sees it, he kind of is like, "Eh, okay, what's going on? Is this Daniel? Steven? All right, come out, guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, and even then, like, one of the things I think is interesting is the first
2: time he has it happen, like, the absolute first, he's in the middle of trying to pick up a chick. Ugh. God. Like oh, yeah. using near death experiences because apparently she's the weird girl who's had a near death experience and yeah. he's decided she's my next conquest. And that's yep. when it starts.
0: Was that Colleen camp? Was that clue star Colleen camp?
1: Oh, I'd have to look it up. I'd I, have to look at it. It looked don't like her. Cause
0: cause like I was playing a game in, in Julia Roberts, uh, death support group, which incredibly upsetting. That scene was so upsetting. Um, there is a woman, I wasn't sure if it was Jan Hooks from SNL or Beth Grant from Donnie Darko. I was playing that game over and over again. I'm like, no, I think it's Hooks. No, I'm pretty sure it's Grant.
2: Uh, I'm actually just looking it up right now. There's a whole lot of ones that are just called Joe's Women.
0: Oh, God.
1: <laughs> oh, man. So, you know what, though? Like when he When he goes back to his apartment and they're all there and they're all doing his really, really shitty lines... Like, I thought that was a good way to convey how much of a dick on top of the films, like, how he's just just a horrible character. Like, just each one, it was just like, oh, I've never felt this. Like, just the, the, he, he's like the pickup artist, the garbage pickup artist, uh, that he was. And they just, I thought it was a good way to convey that without really, like, going deep into, um, him in inter- all, all the interactions he's had
0: yeah i with billy i feel like if he if you find out that he gave all of those women pickup lines to say to him i would not be surprised
1: oh yeah it was it was one of those ones where like it just ah, uh, it it was it it's When it's like, oh man, every time he walked by a woman, it's like, this. you were even more of a douche than the last one you passed. Like, <laughs> like you're just, ah! Yeah,
2: I don't see any, uh, I don't see her mentioned in the credits anywhere.
0: Oh, okay. Um, also, this movie would have made a great Mystery Science Theater 3000 movie. <laughs> just for a movie for them to watch.
2: However, there are ten women credited as Joe's women.
0: Ugh. oh god i think Fair. that makes me
2: feel even grosser because i like when i was watching it i could only like pick out maybe three or four and i was like okay but like to see that there's 10 with that credit listing i'm like Ugh.
0: he had yeah. 20 tapes like
2: yeah.
0: also there were at least five women in his uh robert palmer music video uh life scene
1: oh but, yeah you're right also, like, it was even creepier when he's like, I died, and it was erotic, and it's like, Wokey, what?
0: <laughs> that scene would have been so much better if, as soon as he said that he was turned on by it, if Julia Roberts just took a butter knife and stabbed him in the crotch. Yep. <laughs>
1: All right, enough for you. And Oliver <laughs> you Pat use this flew, threw up on him. Yep.
2: Uh, I know I would have thrown up on him, because, man, that was fucking gross.
0: Um, also, Oliver Platt. The best thing about him is that he a- does absolutely nothing in this movie. Like he doesn't contribute oh. at all. Which is he is, is just
1: go, right Tony, go, go Ryan. Oh, I was gonna just say that it's. It's, he's the conscious of, like, yo, you're medical students, this is a bad idea, you're fucking, what am I doing? And he's not doing anything other than, like, the being the audience, I would say, of, like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, are you seriously doing this? this and is he's stupid. not even Why good you... at that. No, he's not. But it, it it's very much the, he's the exposition of, like, you guys are fucking morons. Like, because, in theory, the audience would be like, man, you guys are fucking morons.
0: I also love how his little uh, lisp comes out just... Just a slight amount. He's like, you guys suck. <laughs> when I, I, so when I lived in New York, I saw uh, him on Broadway in Guys and Dolls. He was Nathan of Detroit. <laughs> and uh, afterwards, everyone was waiting outside to sign. Like, Some people had copies of Flatliners. Some people had copies of, of Three Musketeers. And in the time that it took for him to get off the stage to... To back, uh, the side door where people are having him sign stuff. He was loaded. He was absolutely drunk as hell. That was about five minutes.
1: Yeah, I would not, not surprised at that. Oh, they've got, they've got, they've got supplies and suppliers.
2: Well, and it's not even that hard if you're a, if you're a heavy drinker. Um. <clears throat> Dark moment from my past. Uh, so my dad was an alcoholic.
0: <laughs> what he used oh, sorry, to do?
2: Tony. No, no, it's okay. What he used to do, I laugh about it now. My dad's actually been sober for like about seven years. Um, Good for but him. But yeah, what he used to do is he used to because he was my mom was like super like you're not allowed alcohol in the house. Blah, blah 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 blah. So what he would do is he would go and he would go to the liquor store, buy a uh, I'm going to say two-six because this is so Canadian. But anyway, he'd buy two-six of uh, vodka, which is the big bottles. Uh, <laughs> it's about a liter and a
1: bit. But uh, A liter is still metric.
2: Uh, fuck, I don't know. American things. Uh, <laughs> the big bottle. He would drink, buy <laughs> one of those and while driving <laughs> home would uh, drink it, uh, like the entire bottle, no mix or anything, just a straight up full bottle of vodka. And then he would throw it out the window before he got home so that we would have no evidence of it. And so he would get home smashed. (laughs) Because it's like, the alcohol only takes about five minutes from the liquor store to home to set in.
0: Jesus. That's like a Viking. (laughs) Just to give
2: you kind of an idea of, like, you know, uh,
0: it's possible. Well, I found out that that Platt on Guys and Dolls had little areas that he was, like, Storing stuff, and he used to do it all the time on movie sets too. apparently, his tape recorder on flatliners was a flask
1: yeah, I could see it
2: <laughs> uh, I could totally see that
0: yep. uh, and I'm like, Jesus Oliver Platt, buddy, what did you do on Simon Birch um but uh well, th-
2: same thing with Robert Downey jr right? Oh, yeah. Um, He's known for that, and they know him for now that he's sober. uh, Robert Downey Jr. is notorious for hiding snacks now. Because, like, that's what he does instead of drinking, is he eats, like, blueberries and weird, like, other shit. Hence, in the Avengers movie, he just randomly has a handful of blueberries. It's because, like, they were like, where the fuck did that come from? And he's just, like, eating them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, and that that whole scene, or not the scene, but, like, when he offers... um uh, Bruce Banner, I can't remember, am um, blanking on the name. Ruffalo. Uh, Ruffalo, thank you, Mark Ruffalo. The thing is, like, that was an improv where Mark Ruffalo grabs it and chews it and goes like that because they're like, and they just kept that scene because it worked and it flowed. Cause, but it more or less, other than the lines, it was more or less improv.
2: Yeah, but it's like actors who know how to hide shit, they know how to hide shit. And
1: yeah, especially if they're in it. Id- <clears throat> if they're addicted they will find ways which is probably uh, why there's that one moment where he's like I forgot
2: my tape recorder and he runs back to it it was probably something <laughs> completely unintentional is it like in
0: Tropic Thunder oh no my jelly beans <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so the girl that Kevin Bacon um, tortured grew up to be Tony Award winner Kimberly Scott and she looks like she's like I know I should not be in this movie we all know I should not be here <laughs> Like, we all know you all shouldn't be here. <laughs> like, like at one point I'm like, did she just wink at the camera? <laughs> like at one point it looked like she like looked at the camera and just did a hmm face. Womp,
2: womp. <laughs> one of those. Well, even the way that she said like talks to um, Kevin Bacon about is like it almost feels like she's like advising him maybe you shouldn't have done this movie.
0: <laughs> I I'm, I'm your angel. <laughs> So, we already talked about the movie Basketball on this podcast, but at at the end, when Kimberly Scott, uh, whatever her character's name was, was it Trisha, or the girl that he tortured? um, when, When she calls him back and he turns around, it just reminded me of Basketball, and I just wanted Kevin Bacon to be like, I don't have your fucking ball!
2: Winnie Hicks was her character name.
0: Winnie, Winnie but but that just would have been like uh, good luck bringing people back from the dead. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> like could you imagine,
2: I don't know about you guys but I was definitely bullied in like junior high. Could you imagine if oh, your yeah. bully showed up at your door and was like hey I just wanted to say sorry.
0: I, I've i actually had a bully contact me and and offer to make it up to me. I'm like no, that's okay. <laughs> like, like They're like, hey, can I take you out for lunch? I'm like, never go with the Predator to a second location. <laughs> <laughs> Is
1: this a ruse? Uh, so in junior high, like in grade nine, so some context, I really didn't get bullied, but I was made fun of a lot. Um, but they really didn't do very much because I was 180 pounds and 5'10 in grade nine like I was built like a brick shit house. Yeah. You were a farm so, boy. So I was a farm boy. So like yeah, when if we were to play football or anything like that and when I say like just at recess or whatever, um yeah, it usually took about 3 people to tackle me. Oh my god. Damn. Yeah, I was I was big. Like so you know those little square bales uh for of hay, I don't know if you've ever seen them. Oh yeah. But um, <clears throat> With wearing gloves, I used to carry two, one in each hand, when I would use when I would feed the horses and stuff. So,
2: yeah, you Damn, were built, son. No one would uh, imagine you on that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that was that was kind of the thing. They would make fun of people. Like I was still made fun of because actually my nickname was Crack Baby because I was so built. Oh. They figured my mom was... on. They're like, your mom was on drugs. That's why you're so full of fucking muscle and and shit. (laughs) That's not how that works. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, I
0: I was fat. I was really overweight uh, freshman year. And then summer of freshman year going into sophomore year, I lost about 75 pounds. So then everyone basically started the rumor that I was, you know... (sighs) That I jerked myself off to lose weight.
2: <laughs>
0: oh,
1: wait, does that work? <laughs> uh,
0: I, I don't think the scientific evidence is out there yet. Time to do one research. I, I was like, yeah. I ate salad and I exercised. <laughs> Logic. So the reason I
2: stopped getting bullied in junior high was because uh, in grade six I hit a crazy puberty burst, and I was uh, I was five eight in like elementary school.
0: Oh wow! Yeah,
2: so I was five eight and probably about a hundred and sixty pounds. Because the second I started growing, uh, my dad had me start lifting weights like almost immediately. He's like, "Yeah, you're gonna just start lifting weights now." So I was like really like tall and jacked, and in grade seven, <laughs> it was really weird, and I had full facial hair. Oh wow! I know you don't have a video on, but my I actually have about a uh, about a fourteen inch beard.
0: Oh wow! I can't grow facial hair to save my life. If there if there was a gun to my head and they're like, "You need to grow a beard right now," I'd be like, "Well, looks <laughs> like I'm Traders. flatlining." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm gonna be seeing Kiefer Sutherland very soon. <laughs>
2: uh yeah no i was that kid i got the nickname chop uh chops for a long time because i had big mutton chops and people would like to come oh, around nice. and pull on my
1: facial hair to make sure it was real they're not mutton chops they're thigh ticklers
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i'm pretty sure if i used that line in junior
1: high i would have gotten slapped if, if you use that line now, you're gonna get slapped.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Actually, my wife. No, you're gonna laugh. get canceled.
1: <laughs> yeah. Host, you of... know what though? If you use that on your wife, she'll agree.
2: <laughs>
1: you be like, yeah.
2: <laughs> like,
0: like I've I've tried to grow everything from a mustache to the the Doc Holiday, you know, whatever Val Kilmer had. The Huckleberry, I'll call it. <laughs> I can't grow facial hair to save my life. It comes in in patches. I I look like the Wolfman from Monster Squad, like as he's dying and turning back into a human.
2: Yeah, no, I never like everyone talks about the patchy beard problem. I'm like, I never had that. Like it was well, like, fuck you. Over a summer, <laughs> I was also like abnormally tall and had to deal with the fact that I went through puberty in about two months.
0: Yeah, I'm 5'6. Fuck you again.
2: <laughs> I haven't grown more than an inch. I'm only 5'9, man. <laughs> I've been the same height since elementary school.
0: Uh, I've been short since middle school. <laughs> My brother is 6'3. Jesus.
2: I know, right? I'm like, what the hell? What genetics? God damn it.
1: Uh, I've seen twins. I know how it works. <laughs> your brother is completely hairless right (laughs) actually
2: yeah he can't grow facial hair is his name julius
1: (laughs) it's me your brother
0: julius (laughs) no but his name is eric still very german uh anyways back to (laughs) flatliners Um, what the fuck is up with, uh, Billy Mahoney at the end of the movie just nodding agreeingly. Oh, yeah. Like, like, it's like, oh, you fell out of a tree. (laughs) You know my pain. Fuck this movie. Right? Like, that was one of the things that made me mad about
2: this movie. I was just like, it had such, like, a buildup of tension. And then it's just like, all the tension just went bleh.
1: See, that's what, I think it would have been better if Keith Sutherland, Sutherland's character, if Billy Mahoney would have actually killed him. Like, that would have been the consequences of his actions.
0: Or just aged him so that he had to live the rest of his days, like, the next 30 years as Donald Sutherland.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or did the inverse, and now he's, like, Billy Mahoney repla- uh, replaced him.
2: Well, even the Julia Roberts thing, like, her dad apologizing to her just felt, like, super anticlimactic.
0: Heartwarming, but
2: anticlimactic.
0: The, the, the whole him coming home from war, as soon as he shows up at her birthday in his suit, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, he's going to kill himself. He's going to be on something. Oh, yeah. And I, like,
2: I just think the story's interesting, too, for his character, where it's like she walks in on him, he sees that she sees that he's using heroin, so I'm just going to go out in the car and kill myself right in front of her. Like, What? <laughs>
1: Eh, it's it's a shame cycle, right? yeah logic eh, you, I'm she's better off without me well he's I would not, assume
0: he's not gonna wait until her birthday again, and as they're doing the birthday cake, he has a birthday hat on and he just pulls out a gun in front of everyone, just blows his brains out.
2: What you mean this isn't the game with Michael Douglas yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, what if it is because that that's the, that's the whole traumatic event for Michael Douglas in the game, right? like his dad killed himself on his birthday by jumping yeah, off the he roof was wearing the, the hat
0: that's. Yeah, that's why I made that reference. <laughs> you caught that. <laughs> yes, yeah, I made, I made it. I made the game the game reference. Well, it doesn't help movie... that this
2: movie was uh, produced by Michael Douglas too, right?
0: Because so originally this was written in the eighties, and they were supposed to be medical doctors, like out of med school. They were supposed to be established doctors trying to prove a thesis, and it was going to be who was it? It was Michael Douglas. Um, uh Michelle Pfeiffer or Glenn Close doesn't matter interchangeable back then, and uh like Nicholson, I think Douglas wanted Nicholson or Warren Beatty or someone who he never possibly would have been able to get, but this was gonna be like his follow up to um uh Wall Street. He was gonna do flatliners, so he had the rights. That's why he is producer on this movie.
1: legit- I kind of like that they're students though. Because like they're still learning. And it doesn't even really say what year of their pre-med is. But well, I kind of like that their students... They're not because
2: they make a comment that they're all doctors. Which means that they would be uh, outside of first pre-med. Years. They'd be first... Uh, not even because it's like technically you don't become a doctor until you go on residency.
0: Residency. So they're yeah. interns. Yeah. But, yeah, they're interns. But, um, Which is weird because in, in the new one in the remake, they're not even... They're still students. They're they're not even interns. Except... No, they are
2: because they're calling for the resident on staff, so they're interns. Oh, okay. There's there's a scene early on.
1: Yeah, and I have an issue with that, but I can cover... We can go go into that on the other one. Yeah,
0: Yeah, tune in to Flix (laughs) X-Ray. Yeah, where we cover the next
1: one. Where we cover the next one. And we bitch about the first one, and the second one.
0: Uh... Joel Schumacher clearly had no idea what he was doing on this film. Like he is like, Hey, remember what I did with vampires? Let's try that again with doctors. You know those <laughs> they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Oh, the other movie that like he he did this whole like rushing not explaining the background of people. In a time to kill, they never fully explain the credentials of uh, Matthew McConaughey as like this young hotshot lawyer. Like, he has a habit of glossing over the finer points.
1: Maybe the doctors in this one got their same degree where they got Dr. Pepper and Dr. Mario got their degrees.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they had to. Like, and in. still,
1: also, like, Dr. Claw seems like a better doctor.
2: You know Dr. P- uh, Pepper was actually made by doctors, right? Yeah,
0: it was supposed to be a cure-all. It was. It was uh, a tonic. To cure
1: diarrhea. Yup. This
0: episode of Roger's Bagel Basket is brought to you by Dr. Pepper. Use the code WBBB. <laughs>
1: you know what? The best thing for diarrhea and coughing is prunes, prune juice and vodka.
0: Yeah, I'm not doing that. What year do you think <laughs> this is, Ryan? 1962? Like, <laughs> what you got to do is then you got to take a day out to the, the old nightclub yep. and dance on top of a flagpole doing the Charleston. Like, like I know you're born in 1987 there, or 19, uh, 1887 there, Ryan, but like, Jesus Christ, dude. What you got to no, do is get some then. leeches and put them on your testicles. That's how you get all the toxins out. <laughs> That's how you have strong babies.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: If you yeah. want to have a boy, well, you have to soak your testicles in ice water. and then uh,
1: Rats are magnet for uh, for diseases, so get some, put some clean rats on you and they'll suck the diseases out. <laughs> Remember, cornflakes cures masturbation. <laughs> because of how bland nope. they are. Nope. That's not true. That's... I, could, I, crunch, I have empirical proof on that.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the <Anyway>. Kellogg's brothers.
1: <laughs> it,
0: it's weird. I would, I would have loved in this movie if they tried to do weird cure-alls. <laughs> like, to bring him back. So what we gotta do is we have to put some petroleum jelly on his chest, and then we put the vapor rub on top of that, the grape yeah.
1: jelly. Give him a spoonful of this tonic. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Also, so after
0: a couple of minutes, his body would have started going into rigor mortis, right? Like, no, rigor mortis like, well, takes a while the, to set
2: in.
1: Yeah, I think that's what the temperature blanket was supposed to help with, is basically, like, you're slowing everything down, and then that's why, so when he's dead, he's actually cold and dead versus being warm and dead. And then, then as they, that's why they are warming them up, bringing them back to life is because you're just kind of getting everything moving. Like it's the whole theory of like um stasis. It's so you're not quite freezing them, but you're slowing your heart rate. You're slowing the, just the, the viscosity of your blood is actually changing. Right. So.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, the the craziest of everything is not that they needed the heating blanket or the cold blanket it's after they die, the first thing that they want to do is go out to a, a diner and have breakfast.
2: See, and this is my biggest problem with this, because it's like, they first off, they go to a diner, and he's obviously not doing good, so they're like, yeah, we'll just leave him in the van while we all eat. Um, but then they actually show recovery time for all of the characters. Like, they're actually having to go home and, like, rest, which would be way longer than it was. Yeah.
0: Also, I remember in this movie, I remember them doing it multiple times. Yeah, it felt weird get- that
2: each of them only did it once.
0: Like, for some reason, I just clearly remember. It. I've had this problem on this podcast. Remembering a movie that I thought was completely different, and it was a entirely different movie. But I remember them dying, like, multiple times. Um,
1: oh, it's the Shazam it's the sh- scenario? Yeah,
0: yeah it, it's the whole Shazam-Kazam
1: thing. Oh man, Shazam. Shaquille. O'Neal. I had to explain
2: yeah. that to someone the other day, uh, what the Mandela effect was, and so I looked up a list of them and I was reading off like questions. I'm like, what do you think this happened? And he got all of them wrong, and I was I blew his goddamn mind.
0: So uh besides Val Kilmer almost getting casted, Oliver Platt's role almost went to Nicholas Cage. <laughs>
2: I would have uh, actually preferred that with uh, how little Oliver Platt does in this movie. I think Nicolas Cage
1: would have been a little bit more dynamic.
0: Oh, oh guys, guys.
1: But, but, but what what era of Nicolas Cage? This would have been <laughs> like,
0: right after Vampire's Kiss.
1: Like Yeah, we need the most Nicolas Cage, Nicolas yeah, Cage. Yeah, this would
0: have this been movie. Vampire's Kiss, Moonstruck, Nicolas Cage.
1: We almost need face-off Nicolas Cage.
0: <laughs> that doesn't happen for another seven years.
1: Yeah, so I don't know if he would have been like. I, maybe this could have been the precursor to the Cage. I, I could actually see Nicholas Cage.
2: Cage like '90s, like early '90s Nicolas Cage pulling this off.
1: Oh yeah, he could do it, but like I think to, to you're not getting the best Nicholas Cage at that point.
0: No, I mean, what if his character from Raising Arizona was this character, and like every time he brought someone back to life, you just hear. The, the the music of Carter Burwell's score just starts escalating more and more every time Nicolas Cage, Oliver Platt, that's what I'm calling him, just shows up on stage. Wait, wait, the question
2: screen. I have, Ryan, what do you consider the best of Nicolas Cage?
1: It it really, what's, what you're going for with what you consider best and like what, what you want, like there's Lord of War Nicolas Cage, there's Into the Spider-Verse Nicolas Cage there's Sorcerer's Apprentice Nicolas Cage. Well, I
0: think it's your choice.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, I still think um, The Rock Nicolas Cage would probably be the best Nicolas Cage for this.
0: I would say Cameron Poe. Or Con Air.
1: Nicolas... Yep, yeah. yep. That one, that one's a good one, too.
0: I'm gonna show you God does exist. We did an entire month back in July of Nicolas Cage movies. So. Well, it's
2: not hard. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I was just, like, scrolling through Nicolas Cage's IMDb, and I realized, like, every year he has, like, three or four credits. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like, you know, you could do a year of Nicolas Cage movie podcasts. Actually, I think there is a podcast that just does Nicolas Cage movies. 106
2: credits.
0: Well, okay, so we talked about that on the podcast already. So now there are so many because he's paying off IRS debts. So he's doing, like, seven movies a year. Before he started from, like... Early 80s until about 2009 when he had to start making all of these movies to pay off his debt, he had made 52 movies. In that time, from 2009 to now, 10 years. This is 10 years versus 20 years. He has made 67 movies.
2: Uh, that explains why it's like, yeah, I'm on his like, thing here, and it's like, he has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different things that are in either post production, filming, or pre production.
0: Yeah, he's made yeah. in the last his entire career has spanned thirty years, forty years. He has made hundred and twenty one movies. Um, I'm seeing.
2: I'm. I'm on the. Uh, I'm not. I'm on IMDb. It says one hundred and six credits.
0: Yeah, but if you look at the uh, stuff that's in development. Um, do you have do you have the the uh pro feature oh they do not tw- have the pro feature there's twenty movies that are supposed to come out in the next five years <laughs>
1: Jesus that's not surprising
0: he's got a, so what happens is when they film these movies so that he can pay off his i r s debt they send him to countries where there's gambling that's legal, and that's how he got into this pickle, is because he has a terrible <laughs> gambling problem, so it like he loses all the money that he needed to pay the, the IRS back.
1: Or Nicholas Gage.
0: It's like they're doing it on purpose at this point. <laughs> hey guys, well, I mean, let's yeah. fuck with him, let's see what happens. Yeah. He could so have played Oliver Platt. Yeah. Uh... Um... But yeah, I have in here, Oliver Platt is a national treasure and a national treasure to book of secrets.
1: I would watch that. I would totally watch that.
0: I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So is there anything else that, that we missed that you want to cover?
1: I, there's very few characters. There's very few events. I mean, we've been talking for
0: about an hour and ten minutes. Yeah,
1: Yeah, for for a movie as long as it it is, is...
2: it's like I'm surprised how little happens.
1: Yeah, Eh, I think that's part of the 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 pace of movies as as we go right. Like just shit because people's attention gets slower and slower, so they have to keep you know keep shit moving, going and going. You know, this was made in the 80s, so (laughs) I was like, um, "Don't
0: say charm, don't say charm."
1: No, the um. One that uh, I do like at the end, though, when Kiefer Sutherland comes out and he's like, he said it was not a good day to die. Well, it's like, yeah. (laughs) He didn't know shit.
0: Once again, fuck you, Kiefer Sutherland. Yep. I really think he should have died.
1: I I 100% agree. He He
0: absolutely should have have died.
2: And maybe this is just me and my like affinity for horror movies, but I just feel like Considering this is a movie about death, there's not enough
1: death. (laughs) Well, it's almost like Final Destination with a bad payoff.
0: Yeah. They were supposed to die on the table. How how great would it have been if they... um, Combined the Joel Schumacher universe, and as he's dying on the table and they can't bring him back, Edward Herman from Lost Boys just shows up and is like, "I can take care of this," and turns him into a vampire. And he's like, "Goodbye, everyone.
1: (laughs) We're going." You are now immortal.
0: (laughs) Or a Beetlejuice
2: moment where all of a sudden you got uh, Michael Keaton on the other side.
0: Hey, how's it going? (laughs) Um. (laughs) Yeah, I, I you so want to see this movie as a kid because i've said this on the podcast like a million times growing up i was my biggest fear still to this day is
1: dying like death is my i'm pretty sure
2: that's what every fear is
1: um actually most people are scared of public speaking i I wonder how that's changed with twitch and cameras and stuff
0: imagine dying from public speaking the two biggest fears
1: yeah. Well what was it? More people would want to be in the casket than giving the eulogy.
0: But yeah, as a kid, so as a five year old kid, I was terrified to death and my my dad's like, No would be a great idea. Let's show him flatliners. Oh god. <laughs> How'd you learn how to swim? You have to throw the kid in the water. <laughs> throw him in the deep end, and if he survives, he's a survivor.
1: Yep. If he's not, he yep. Yeah, he wasn't. He was a witch
0: burn him (laughs) so yeah um this movie always like scared the crap out of me but i always thought it was so cool now watching it as an adult i'm like no this movie
2: sucks
1: (laughs) this is one of those
2: movies that you probably should have kept in your like you know your your fond memories of this film not rewatching it
1: yeah it what was it i think it was lost highway where there's a really good quote where it's like we want to remember things the way we remember they were not the way they actually were.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, it's like never-ending story. It's my biggest go-to for something like that. I always say to people if you love that film, don't go rewatch it. It's an hour and 10 minutes long. The horse in the marsh scene happens after 15 minutes. Uh and it makes no
0: sense. And also the the animatronics does not age well.
2: No. I can be Absolutely. more forgiving about like something like that not aging well, but the fact of the matter is like, if you think about Never Ending Story when you grew up, you're like, man, that was a long film and a lot of shit happened. It's like, yeah, it's an hour and ten minutes. doesn't technically count as a feature anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah it has to be what, 76 minutes or 79 minutes for it to be considered a feature?
2: It has to be an hour and 20 minutes, so I think it's like 80. So 80. 80 minutes, yeah. and it's an hour 10 with credits.
0: So
1: it's a short film. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. The Never Ending Story is a short movie.
0: <laughs> Don't worry, it ends. That's really yep. quickly. Yep. that That's like on The Simpsons. This will be my greatest lawsuit since I sued The Never Ending Story. <laughs> yep. So, on this podcast, we have a little rule. You have a bagel basket. There are 13 bagels, baker's dozen. How many bagels are left in your basket? That rates this movie.
2: Like, how many bagels did I eat watching this film?
0: Yes, like, like on a score. If if the movie floored you and it's perfect, thirteen are left. If this movie sucks, there's nothing left because you were so bored.
2: (laughs) I was eating. Oh, okay. Yes,
0: (laughs) it's what happens when a podcast is created by a former fat kid. (laughs) Feelings, they go down well.
1: Yep.
2: Uh, so, I'd probably what? have about six bagels left, but it also depends on how what kind of smear there was.
0: <laughs> it's up to you. <laughs> it's a rating system. They're not real, Tony.
1: Oh, no, Tony will put them next to him if he needs to. Uh,
0: I'll go buy bagels and smear.
2: <laughs> how many bagels can I eat in an hour and 40 minutes?
1: oh don't no don't do that
0: don't that's a bad thing
1: um i would have to give it probably i would say six as well it's like i, I said at the beginning it's not as good as i remember it but it's okay it so
0: yeah um i'm going with. watch
1: c- it when you're 12 <laughs> <I'm going laughs> don't with ever watch it again
0: <laughs> five and a half like it's it's just boring like Nothing really happens, and it's not scary. I think the scariest thing is living in an age of COVID, and when when Billy goes to spit in his mouth, I'm like, no, no, no. Oh, yeah. Right? That moment I was like, what are you doing? And then I was like, wow,
2: what a moment of the times.
1: (laughs) Also, tangent, all of these med students slash doctors have gigantic apartments.
0: In New York City. (laughs) Would have never happened. Never. Never. So, uh, guys, you want to uh, promote your podcast?
2: Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, you can catch us at Flix Raid. We're on all of the podcasting apps. Uh, we're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We like to uh, also review movies. We do it a little bit differently. We like to play games while we do it, kind of trivia-style games, uh, while we talk about the film. So you can check us out uh, wherever you download your podcasts
0: and you can find us on twitter instagram and uh facebook no one goes on the facebook come on guys just like the facebook it didn't do anything wrong to you um <laughs> it's very upsetting like i i've watched a new podcast form after the last 3 months and they have over like 1200 followers and i still can barely bit break 70 <laughs> dollar
2: dollar bills y'all that's the only way to do it on facebook it's pay to play
0: uh nope not going to happen anyways so yeah uh you can also find my other podcast hell is a musical on uh the zero science network um and we have some great stuff coming up so until next time guys thanks for being here thanks for having us
1: yeah thank you It was fun
0: i'm scott kerlin bye